Hallelujah. Father, we love you in this place. Father, we love you because you first loved us. You love us and there's nothing we can do about it. Father, you love us yet in our sins. You love us, Lord God, in spite of ourselves. You love us, God, with the reckless, endearing, irrevocable love. The kind of love that we cannot even fathom, we cannot explain, we cannot put adjectives to, to even describe, God, the love that you have towards us. So, Father, with our fruitile attempt, a fruitile attempt, God, we just say thank you for the love. Thank you for the love. Thank you for the love. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on. If you're thankful for the love that he has for you, clap your hands and give God some glory. Yeah, 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 yeah. My God. Hallelujah. Bless his wonderful name in this place. I love God more than that beautiful woman on the front row. Hallelujah. Amen. And she all right with it. She better be anyway. Amen. Amen. I love her more than those two beautiful kids on the back row. Mason point to himself. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Tell your neighbor, I love God. You don't love God? What's wrong with you? Amen. Can you clap for the worship? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Stay pour out for the, it's amazing musicians over here. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise for them as well. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you're here for the first time, just for my sake and my sake alone, I know you did it once before, but do it for me. If you're here for the first time, second or even reoccurring time, just slip your hand in the air and just wave it at me like that. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you all for being here. For those of you who are online, we thank God for each of you tuning in on today to our worship service, our worship experience on today. I know there were many, many live streams that you could have been on, but you decided to be here with us, so we thank God for you. And for those of you who are here in the sanctuary, we thank God for you attending this worship experience. Thank God for each of you. Um, We're going to go to work here in a second. I I do want to shout out as well a couple things before we get started on today. Uh, Of course, all month long, we've been honoring businesses that are part of our business ministry here at Elevate Church. And so they have been taking their product and placing it in the foyer, giving you opportunity to uh, partake of their goods and services. And on this month, uh, Erica Press, which is an artist and a poetess, she is selling her book. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise in the foyer. Great Christmas gifts. And not only Christmas gifts, but a great gift as well at any time of the year to be a blessing to somebody. So make sure at the end of service on today that you go out and support her. Uh, we're making way for our 10-year anniversary. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise for that 10 years. Amen. Of what God has been doing here at Elevate and through Elevate Church. And in the process of doing so, uh, we have been seeking after the Holy Spirit for messages that will uh, coincide with the businesses, and God has been gracious enough and favorable enough to do so uh, by His Spirit. So uh, we are uh, entitling messages based upon their businesses. So uh, again, make sure you support them at the end of service on today, Sister Erica, she would appreciate it, and I would as 
well. Couple, couple things right quick. Of course, as we prepare ourselves for Thanksgiving, uh, Church on the Levy is holding its annual day Thanksgiving service. Come on, give the Lord hand clap of praise. I think it's going on eight years now for our annual Thanksgiving Day service. Eight years consistently every year we've been out there on Thanksgiving Day morning where we're ser- uh, serving a full course meal. Uh, same type of meal you would receive at your home is the meal that we're preparing for those who are without shelter out there on the levee. Uh, so we go there at 9 o'clock in the morning, set up, start off at 10, and then 11 o'clock we're feeding and having all of that time from 10 to 11, shall I say, and then we're going, uh, leaving from there to go spend time with our own families. But we're starting off the morning by being the hands and the feet of Jesus in the earth ramp on Thanksgiving Day. So if you want to be a part of that, uh, come out on Thanksgiving Day morning on the levee. Amen. And uh, come out and be a part of that. And then, of course, as we're moving forward for our Christmas Day service as well, uh, we made some adjustments to Christmas. Uh, since Christmas is on a Sunday, what better day to celebrate the birth, huh? Uh, on a Sunday. So we will have only one service on that Sunday morning, 915 service. Amen. So we'll invite all you guys to come out during that time. We will be hosting our New Year's Eve service on this year, but there will be no Sunday morning service uh, following that, that Sunday morning. Y'all got that? So Christmas, one service, 915. We will have a watch night service, but we will not have a New Year's Day service, which is on a Sunday. Amen. So we're going to bring the new year in. I think I heard somebody say a 12-hour lock-in for prayer. Amen. I'll be here. Amen. So just lock up in the house of prayer all night long. So uh, that is New Year's. And in preparation for our, uh, amen, she keep waving them at me. We have raffle tickets for our uh, New Year's, I'm sorry, for our anniversary. Amen. So you can see Pastor Tiffany over there to my right, your left, uh, tickets for our raffle as we're raising funds for our anniversary service as well. So you can see her to pick up those tickets and be a blessing uh, during that time. One more quick announcement. Every year we do an annual vision uh, brunch or dinner uh, that you as the congregants can come out and participate to hear the vision that God is giving for the upcoming year. But you do have to RSVP by November 28th. If you want to come and hear, it'll be here at the church uh, and hear the vision for the upcoming year. We do need you to RSVP. Uh, There will be a link sent out via text. Make sure that you uh, RSVP so that you can be a part of that as well. I think that's about it that all I have. Amen. And then uh, for those ladies who participated in the women empowerment meeting on yesterday, amen. I heard they had a glorious time on yesterday. Lady T and Minister Bowden and uh, who, who are our speakers? Uh, Minister uh, Teresa White and Dr. Lodge and Sister Alexis. Amen. I heard they did a phenomenal job on yesterday. So for you ladies to be a part of that, see uh, Lady T or Minister Bowden at the end of service on today. Let's go to work on today. want to make a real short work of what we have today, but I believe that there is a word from the Lord on today for each of you in the building. A couple things that uh, the Lord dropped in my spirit as the praise and worship was going on, Uh, even in the 915 service, the song they were singing about uh, the rocks crying out. I said this in the 915 service, so I believe it's uh, imperative that you hear it here at 1115 as well. Uh, You know, the scripture says, uh, if y'all won't praise him, 
then the rocks will cry out. It's amazing if you don't open up your mouth and praise God, God will give breath and lungs to rocks to cry out on your behalf. God will put lips on a rock so it can open up its mouth and give him the praise. So God will go through that extremity to receive praise that he will cause the rocks to cry out. How much more should we with breath in our bodies? How much more should we with a voice to lift up to the heavens that we ought to give God that kind of praise? I mean, that's, he's, he's due that kind of praise. I think you would agree. The fact that you made it here this morning is enough for you to open up your mouth and to give him praise. The fact that you walked in here without assistance being wheeled in or on crutches is enough for you to give God praise. And even if you did, you're still here alive today. It's enough to give him praise. Enough. That you're here to hear the word of the Lord. There are people in indigenous areas. And they're, they're, they're out there and they're, they're, how can I say it? They're eager to hear the gospel. I talked to a missionary years ago and this missionary was out in Africa and this missionary said that as he was uh, touring the towns in the Congo that his Bible fell, hit the ground and began to blow in the wind and it, it, the pages of the Bible just started rolling down the road. And the children, my God, came out of huts and bushes from everywhere. It's just like they just popped up bloop, and were grabbing the pages of the Bible. And they were holding them close and endeared to them hearts. And we got Bibles everywhere. But we don't hold the word of God so endearing to us. And they were running off just with a page of the word of God. How many versions and translations do you have? How how many verses that you hold dearly to your heart? That you will run after if the wind is blowing it away, that you will stop your car. If your Bible fell out on the interstate, that you will turn around in the middle of the interstate just to go get the word. That's how they were desiring the word so greatly. They were willing to just give up everything just to go after the word. Oh, God, let's go to work, y'all. Amen. So, so grab your Bibles all over the place. I, I want to take me past that, uh, Curtis. Bring me to my first scripture. If we're going to forego our um, faith declaration on today. Take me to the first slide. If you don't mind, good sir. All standing, if you would, as we go to the word of the Lord. Amen. Grab in your Bibles, first, first Chronicles, if you would, chapter number 11, first Chronicles, chapter 29 and verse number 11. First Chronicles, chapter number 29 and verse number 11. Thank you. Bless you, Lord. Give you glory. If you have it, say, I have it. If you're looking on the screen, say, I'm looking. Amen. Amen. First Chronicles chapter number 29, verse number 11. Yours, Lord, is the greatest and the power and the glory 
and the majesty and the splendor. For everything in heaven and earth is yours. Everything in heaven and earth is yours. Talk to your neighbor for a second. Say, you belong to him. Uh-huh. You belong to everything. Not some things, but all things. And that's including you. Somebody shout, that's including me. Yeah, you belong to him. You belong to him. I know that's hard for many of us to receive. Like, I don't belong to nobody. I'm my own man. Tell that to your boss who tell you what time to get to work. And what time you have to go to lunch. <laughs> I don't belong to nobody. Don't tell me what to do. What time I got to be to work? Oh, okay. I'll be there. I come early? Yeah, you got to come early. Okay, I'll come early. I got to stay late? Okay, I'm going to stay late. Yeah. God owns the heavens and the earth. It all belongs to him. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom, and you are exalted as head over all. Let's jump over to 1 Timothy chapter number 1 and verse 17. Now to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Let me say it again. Now to the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God. I know many would say there's Buddha and Muhammad and there's Allah, but he is the only God. The only God. The only God. God. And watch this. Not only is he the only God, but to him belongs the honor and the glory forever. He deserves it. It belongs to him. Father, now we thank you. God, we give you the glory and the praise and the honor and the glory which belongs to you forever and ever in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Before you see the slap high five with your neighbor, say the glory belongs to him. The glory belongs to him. Belongs to him and him alone. The glory belongs to him. Glory to the Lamb of God. The glory belongs to him. I'm excited the season of which we're in because I do believe that God is doing something mildly in the lives of his people. And if you're ready for what God is doing, you ought to open up your mouth and give him some praise right now. Amen. God has done something tremendous. And if you don't believe it for yourself or can't see it for yourself, just look around at your neighbor. Because they're the testimony of God. They are the testimony of which God is doing something great in the earth realm. You don't know the neighbor you're sitting next to may have suicidal tendencies and they may have attempted to kill themselves last night, but they're here. God is doing something great. You don't know the one who woke up this morning with a needle in their arm, but yet they're still alive. God is doing something great. There's someone who slept in another place because their marriage was on the rocks, but God is working it out. God is doing something amazing. He's doing some things. 
of which we are to give him the glory for. So here it is. The glory belongs to him and him alone. And today I want to talk to you real briefly from the thought poetic justice, the testimony of saints. One of Sister Erica books that she has written is poetic, poetic testimonies, which you can pick out, pick up again in the foyer. So today I want to talk to you about poetic justice, about the testimony of a saint. Testimony of a saint. There's power in your testimony if you didn't know there's power in a testimony. Your testimony has power not because it only speaks of what God has done in your life and what God has manifested, but the power of the testimony also speaks of the great God who did it in your life. The power of the testimony speaks of God's glory. Matter of fact, the Bible says it this way, all heavens and all creation testifies of the goodness or the glory of God. That when you get outside and you look at the heavens and the birds as they're flying, they're just a testimony of the goodness of God, the greatness of God, the glory of God. That when you see the flowers in the field and they're waving and their radiancy and their beauty, that's a testimony of the goodness of God. At night when you're driving down the road and the skies are filled with the stars... As you gaze upon them, they're testifying of the glory of God. If you're married to a beautiful woman like my wife, and you just look at it, it just speaks of the glory of God. I, somebody hating up in here. Ain't my, ain't my fault. Amen. But it all speaks of the testimony of the saints. Now watch this. All of these things speak of the glory of God. It's a testimony, right? But you are indeed yourself a testimony. The problem with a lot of believers, catch this if you would, a lot of believers come into the house of God and we act like we're some escapees from prison. Like we escape from prison, running from the law, always looking over our shoulder, wondering if we're going to get caught. Running, sometimes even running from God, wondering if God's going to catch me in my sin, wondering if God's going to catch me in the bed of a lover that is not my, y'all quiet up here, and just running, 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 looking over our shoulders. But then there's like some other Christians that come into the house of the Lord, they're not escapees, but they are on parole. Always coming to check in with the pastor. I mean, my parole officer. Uh huh. Some of y'all came in today, like on parole. Today, church service was just your check in. Something on your list, like, oh, I made it to church today. I paid my fees. Y'all quiet up in here. By the way, can I tell you something? You don't pay your tithes, you bring your tithes. Okay. Let's, let's go ahead and fix the record. Because you can't pay God for nothing. The Bible says, bring ye your tithe unto the storehouse. You can't pay God. You bring your tithe. Oh, I got to pay my tithes. No, you can't. Uh, what, you, what you think, you bribing God? 
So some of us come into the house of God like we're on parole, checking in with the parole officer to make sure I did everything I was supposed to do according to the court's record. And some of us come in like we've been pardoned. You did the crime. You served some time. Yes, you did sleep with him. Yes, you did steal that. Yes, you drank too much. Yeah, you did all of that. You did the time, but you've been pardoned. You know, when you're pardoned, you still have a record. You're just free. But it's still on your record. But very few Christians ever get to the place, catch this big word, uh, help me Webster, exoneration. Uh, Webster defines exoneration as all records being paid and cleared. And watch this. Wiped away. Oh, God. See, this is a testimony of the saint. Yes, I did the crime. Yes, I pled guilty. But the blood of Jesus exonerated me. Yes, I spent some years in treachery, in sin. Yes, I've done some stuff. But the blood. Eh. Yeah, I did it, but I've been exonerated. Matter of fact, when you go to look for the record, you can't find it. Matter of fact, God said it this way. I take your sins and I will cast them into the sea of never to remember them no more. God don't even recall your sins. Been exonerated. And that's the testimony of a saint. Is that we have been washed by the blood, we've been bought by the blood, and paid for by the blood of Jesus. That's it. Somebody shout, that's my testimony. Yeah, you can hate all you want to hate, but that's my testimony. I know you're thinking, why did I get to be in this spot? Well, that's my testimony. It's his doing, not mine. So let's go to work. There are a couple of different views that we take on the Bible as believers, a couple of different views. And I want to take my time and teach you through this because I think you need to understand uh, some things about the word of God and about the way we perceive or read the word of God. There's a couple of views, uh, three views that I want to tell you about today uh, from a believer's perspective. Number one is, is when we talk about all of the works of Jesus, the first thing that we talk about is what he did. Oh, Jesus did all of these great works. He did so many works that the Bible could not even contain all of these works. We, we, we come and we talk about the works of Christ, which is good. It's, it, it, God does these things to draw those who don't know into him. So, so we talk about the works, what he did, how, how he healed the sick, how he cast out demons and devils out of people. We talk about what he did. And we talk about that a lot because those things are testimonies unto us because God is no respecter of person. So we see these things of what he did. And if he did it for them, surely he can do it for me. So we talk about what he did. The, the other view, uh, believer view, is how he did it. We talk a lot about, and even the Pharisees and the Sadducees had to grapple with themselves and try to rationalize within themselves. And the people of that time that experienced and witnessed all the miracles of Jesus, they, they how did he do that? Fish and five loaves multiply. How did that happen? He sent the word and the man was healed. How in the world did that happen? He spit on a man's tongue who was mute, and the man began to speak. Oh, my God, how 
he did that. My God's in heaven. He tells man, take up your mat and walk. A man takes up his mat and walk. Just from a spoken word. How did he do that? And those are our views. But uh, of those views, I think more importantly, not what he did, how he did, but here's the question that we never ask, why he did it. Why did he speak to a lame man to be healed? Why did he tell another to take up your mat and walk? Why did he send forth the word and a man be healed? Why did he take the bread and the fish and multiply and feed the people? Not just because they were hungry, but there was a reason why. Somebody shout why. Somebody shout why. I'm glad you asked why. There's a purpose behind it. And it was more than just to feed the hungry. Because everything God does, he does with the purpose. Everything God does, he does with the purpose. So let's go to our text today, John chapter number nine. We'll probably start reading verse number six. That's where I want to start. Verse number six, John chapter nine, verse number six. It says, after saying this, he spit on the ground. Talking about Jesus. As he's having this conversation and dialogue with the blind man and his disciples. He spits on the ground and he made some mud with the saliva and he put it on the man's eyes. Now, I want to paint a picture for you in this moment. You've been blind from birth, never saw nothing. And it's amazing what God does is when you have one sense that has been lessened, God will heighten other senses. So so this man can't he, he can't see, but I'm sure he can hear very well. Could you imagine you're waiting for a healing? Jesus come to you and say, would you like to be healed? And you're like, yes, Lord, give me my healing. And after you, uh, after you make the acknowledgement that you want healing, you hear. <laughs> you're like, Lord, I want to be healed. <laughs> Man, probably thinking. Uh, uh. I don't know about this, Jesus. Could, could you imagine during this moment, this man, why, he, he's expecting a healing, but it's coming in a different way. He probably heard of Jesus sending the word and someone being healed. He probably heard of the woman with the issue of blood touching the hem of his garment. He's probably thinking, Lord, if you did it that way, do it that way for me. Can I submit something to you, parent? That possibly some of you today are looking and believing God for a miracle, but it's coming another way. Some of you are yet holding on for God to do something and you're looking this way, but it's coming from that way. Oh, God, I'm in line. I'm just waiting next. I just want to touch. And he's like, yeah, but I don't need you in this line over here where the spit is. You're in the wrong line, son. Tell your neighbor you're in the wrong line. You're in the spit line. Good. Get over there. And so Jesus takes. And he took. And after this. This man feels this warm, tingling sensation, a mixture of mud and spit upon his eyes, a healing in a manner he never thought of, a process he never imagined taking place. 
Now, now, I want to give you some helpful holy hints and some things that probably won't help you in life, but maybe it will. But spit has some healing properties in it. (laughs) Spit causes the bacteria to break up. Spit is good in your mouth because what it does, it helps uh, push away decay in your mouth. That's that's why you got to drink a lot of water so you... You get your saliva up. Your saliva glands have to be active because it breaks down bacteria in your body. So Jesus was not only a doctor, but he was also a pharmacist. He, he knew how to take properties and, and different elements and minerals and put them together and to make some bombs, some healing, anointing prop. So Jesus said, hey, what I got here? I got a little spit and a little mud. If I put these two together. Jesus applies this mud, this balm upon the man's eyes, and it's not complete. He says, now go and wash yourself in the pool of Siloam. Uh, in the Greek is shala. Uh, it means to be sent. It means to extend. It, it, it means to let go of. But I love the last one, to loose some things. I want to tell somebody here today, you're waiting on a miracle, but God says, I'm waiting for you to lose some stuff so I can release some stuff. You're waiting for a healing, but you're still holding on to the past pains and the hurts of the people who hurt you and all of this stuff. If you let that go, then I'll let something go in you. If you let that go, then healing will come into your body. But you're holding on to too much. I'll restore some things if you let go of some things. So how can you get something new if you're so holding on to the old? I'll say that again. You want some new stuff, but your hands are filled with the old stuff. Oh, I want some new furniture. Get rid of the old furniture first. I want a new car. Fix the one that's on blocks in your driveway and make room for the new one. Oh, I want a new wardrobe. Wear the stuff you already purchased and give it away. Or just give it away unworn. Oh, y'all. Y'all don't like that kind of stuff. But God wants to release some things in your life, so he got to first allow you to, you have to allow yourself to release something, let go of some things. You got to be washed. Somebody shout, wash me. Washing. So he says, go wash in the pool of Salon. Why? To let loose some stuff. He went to wash in the pool of Salaam. The word means sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. Now this man was blind from birth. He left home blind but came home seeing. Oh, God. Some of y'all came here today blind, but you're going to go home seeing. Ah, yeah. 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 His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same Man who used to sit and bet, isn't he the same one who had the issue? Isn't he the same one that was struggling? Isn't he the same one going through it? Some claim he was. Others said, no, he only looks like him. Can I tell you something today? The miracle God's going to perform in your life going to make you look like something else. The thing that God is about to do in your life, people who saw you one way going to see you another. They'll be like, aren't you Tony? You can't be Tony. I remember, well, you kind of look like Tony. You talk like Tony. You're built like Tony. 
But you can't be Tony. Because the Tony I know was going through it. The, the, the Tony I know was sick, but you were healed. The Tony I know was broke, but you're prosperous. The Tony I know was mind filled with chaos, but you seem to be at peace. You can't be the same one. The blessing and the promise of God will make you look different. To the point where people won't even recognize you. They won't even recognize you. And they say, no, he just looks like him. But he himself insisted, the man, watch this. He says, I am the man. <laughs> Look at your neighbor for a second and don't be gender biased. Just tell him, I am the man. <laughs> I, I am the man. I am the one. I am, watch this, I am the testimony. I am the testimony of God. I am the one who God can testify of his healing power, of his healing virtue. I am the one. I am the man. Now then, how then were your eyes open? They asked. They asked this question. How did it happen? You left here blind, but now you see. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. I love this text because, watch this, he left the part out that he spit in the mud. <laughs> Some of y'all probably left that out too, you know what I'm saying? You know, you're going to be testifying, and uh, you say, yeah, Jesus put mud in my eye. That's all that happened? Yeah, that's it. He just put mud. You know, he grabbed the mud, put it on my eye. You, you know, boo-boo was there with you. He said he spit in the mud. No, uh, I, just, I, I just felt mud. He made mud and he put it on my eyes and told me to go and wash, to go to Salom and wash. So I went and washed and then I could, somebody shout, see. Everything God does, he did with a purpose. Everything that God did, he did with a purpose. Notice what I said, everything that God did, he did with a purpose. Everything that God did, he did with a purpose purpose. I'm going to say it again because you didn't catch everything that God did. There is nothing God is going to do because he already did. Some of y'all are waiting for God to do something and he already did it. Everything that God has done has already settled. There is nothing else for God to do. That's why Jesus on the cross said, it is finished. Ain't nothing left for me to do. Everything that's going to be done is already done. So you're waiting for something that has already happened. Oh, God. It's already done. Your healing is already done. Your provision has already been made. Your liberty and your freedom has already been paid for. That's all you got to do is walk in it. You just got to go and receive it. Some of y'all waiting for something you already have. <laughs> you already got tea and you already got it. Well, I don't see it. Yeah, I went to my bank and still in there. You already got it. Every time I lift my arm, it still aches. Healing is already made available. It's already done. Everything that God wants to do, he's already done. I'm waiting on God to heal me. You're already healed. You're not the sick waiting on a healing. You're the healed waiting for a manifestation of the healing. You already got it. Just waiting for the manifestation. Somebody already got it. 
That is the testimony of God. Watch this. He is so great and so gracious. The things that he wants to do, he's already done. He's just waiting for you to testify of it. Okay, let's go. Let's go. I'll, I'll go past that. So to let loose. Uh, John chapter number nine. Remember I told you that everything God did, he did with a purpose. Let's find the purpose. John chapter number nine, verse number one. Let's back up. It, it, it goes like this. It says, as he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciple asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents? Let me stop and put a pin there for a second, because in their culture, they, they believe that this is an age-old law that was in place in the book of Exodus, chapter number 20, that where God says, I'm going to visit the sins and the iniquities of the fathers to the children of the third and fourth generation. So they believe that when a child was born, if the parents were in sin, then the sickness or the disease of their sin fell upon the children. Did y'all catch all that? So they're thinking, the disciples, wait a minute, this man blind from birth, so either his parents sinned or he sinned. So they attribute the sin to sickness. Oh, God. In other words, something is happening in your life, so whatever happens in your life, it has to do with something you've done. You hadn't received the healing yet because you're still in sin. Somebody shout, the devil is alive. That's hard to receive right there. I don't know. I lost everything on the screen. So, amen. So, I'll just go with this one. And he says, neither this man nor his parents sin, said Jesus. But this happened. Here's the purpose. Somebody shout purpose. So that the works of God may be displayed in him. In other words, that God may be glorified. Here's the purpose. What happened in his life wasn't about him receiving the healing as much as it was for me to receive the glory. What I'm about to do in your life, says the Lord, is not as much as you coming out, but the fact that I'm coming up. Because if I be lifted up, I'm going to draw all men unto me. So I need you to be the bait. Because if I can do a miracle in your life and you would open up your mouth and testify of what I have done, then I get more glory. Ah, See, y'all don't want to be the bait. You don't want to have to go through for the sake of his glory. We want the easy road. We, we want to wake up and unicorns on the lawn and birds are, are tweeting and, 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 and squirrels are at the hem of your garment and running around your feet and little rodents and all that stuff. Not the rodents. Rabbits. You said rabbit, rabbits. Rabbits around your feet. And you're just flowing in the air. But you're going to go through some stuff. It's not that God wished that you go through, but he's going to use what you're going through for his glory. Talk to me, Romans. Romans says that all things work together for the good. Who are called according to his. There's a purpose why you're going through. And he said, I'm going to take that. And I'm going to use that for my glory. That the works of God may be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is, tell your neighbor, night is coming. Night is coming when no man, watch this, catch this, can testify. There's coming a time now where darkness will come, we'll be too late to testify. Oh, y'all didn't want to hear that. 
It's coming a time where the darkness, God says, I need you to testify now of my goodness because there's some darkness coming. It's going to be too late for you to stand up and say, Jesus is Lord. My God is good. Too late. Ten foolish, uh, five foolish virgins, five wise. Too late. Only those who are wise and prepared. Okay. All right. That was too heavy. And he says, night is coming that no man can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. While I'm here, I'm the light. Matter of fact, go ahead and testify now. Don't hold your testimony for later. I need you to testify now. So here's a couple things about your testimony, and I'm coming to a close. Number one, what can a testimony do? Number one, a testimony can be problematic. It can be problematic. What do you mean, apostle, or problematic? That when you begin to testify, it can create problems in your life. It can create some problems. You get a new car. How'd you get that car? You get a promotion on your job. Who you slept with? Don't tell on yourself. Don't speak too loud. Uh, How did you get where you got? What did you do to get what you have? You got a new house, but your credit bad. You you got a new car, but you don't know Big Mo. I mean, what, what did you do to get? What did you get? How did you do that? How did that happen in your life? Wait, that show is a nice car. You went to Millennial? <laughs> that was a commercial break for well, but, but here's the thing. It can be problematic. I know people who work at the plant got new trucks and scared to drive their new truck to the plant. Because they don't want the boss to see what they drive and to think that they make it too much money and cut their hours. Problematic. That when you start testifying of the goodness of the Lord, people going to start going through record searching, trying to see, well, why you, why you, how did that happen? You got a criminal record. How'd you get that job? No, no, I seen the report over there. I seen the newspaper. I seen the record. Problematic. Problematic. Your marriage get restored. Now they're all of a sudden pulling up old taxi. Did what he. problematic <laughs> help me Jesus so it can be problematic the, the, the second thing is is that your testimony can break policies the policy is what the doctor said goes the devil is a lie if the doctor said you got six months to live your testimony will break the policy because he'll say that you shall live and not die and declare the glorious works of the Lord that healing is the children's bread. So your testimony breaks policies that you should not. What is there any good thing that can come out of Scotlandville? Yes, it is. Look at me. You, you know, the testimony will break even policies. It'll break policies. And, and your testimony will, will be very problematic, but it will also break policies. Hallelujah. I'm trying to give it to you. There it is. And, and watch this. The last thing of what uh, a testimony could do is. It can be publicized, and it should be publicized. Your testimony is meant to be heard. It is meant to be heard. Why? Because you're not testifying of yourself. You're testifying of him. 
So your testimony is meant to be publicized. Here it is, verse number 20, as we walk through the text, it says, we know he is our son. Speaking of the blind man who just got healed with the spit and the mud, the Pharisees and the Sadducees are talking to his parents uh, because there's some haters. They're hating. And they come and they ask, they say, uh, we know he is your son. The parents answered. We know he is our son, the parents answered. And we know he was born blind. They're testifying of his sickness. Uh, But how he can see now or who opened his eyes, we don't know. Because he hadn't shared the testimony yet. He hadn't publicized what had been done yet. So ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. In other words, let him testify. Don't let us steal his thunder. Let him say it for himself how good his God is. Uh, Let him speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid that Jewish leaders who had already decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out the synagogue. You know, it's okay to get kicked out of some churches. Matter of fact, you ought to be glad they kicked you out. Because <laughs> you shouldn't have been there anyway. God has some better place for you. Especially if they're feeling like this. And so that was why his parents said he is of age. So a second time they summoned the man, summoned the man who had been blind. And watch what they say. Give glory to your God by telling the truth. They said, we know this man is a sinner. Speaking of Jesus, can I tell you something? Don't let your situation title you. We know this man is a sinner. We know he is. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, my God, I don't know. But one thing I do know. I, I don't know what happened in your life, what's going on in your life. But there's one thing, Alex, I do know. I was blind. But now I see. I was broke, but now I'm prospering. I was sick, but now I'm made well. I don't know anything else but this one thing. And this one thing for certain. That I came out the house this morning one way, but I came back home another. I came to church this morning one way, downtrodden, no hope, feeling depleted and defeated. But when I leave, there's one thing I do know I was blind but then now I see I was blind but now I see I was blind but now I see then they ask him what do you what did he do to you how did he open your eyes the what and the how the what and the how They didn't ask why. They just want to know what and how. What's that, a Bugatti? How you got that? Oh, those are Versace shoes? Is that what that is? How did you get them? Uh, Oh, them, them red bottoms. That's what that is, red bottoms. Girl, them nice. How'd you get them? That's a nice car. What kind of job you got? Yeah. Yeah. Where you work at? 
Yeah, they always want to know how and what. They never ask why. Never ask why. And the why is always more important than the what and the how. And can I tell you today, if you go ahead and settle your why, you won't have to worry about how and what. If you go ahead and fix what the why is, you don't have to chase after the bag. The bag will chase after you. You won't have to look for money. Money come looking for you. Why? Because I'm giving God glory. Yes, I'm blessed. And God get the glory. Yes, I'm healed. Why? Because God get the glory. Yes, I was broke, but now I'm making it good. Like Campbell's soup. Why? For his glory. For his glory. Everything is for his glory. That's why you see on TV when they get these awards, they go up there, they, they pretend. First, I want to give honor to God. They pretending. <laughs> it's the end of my life. <laughs> I want to, yeah, I want to thank my mom and them and Pookie and them and Ray Ray and them. And shout out to you, Pookie. I know you out there. My dude. <laughs> yeah, you going to get out soon. We praying for you. We're going to put money on your books. I made it, Pookie. I'm coming to get you, bro. Put money on your books. All for the glory of God. The house that I have, the car that I drive, the family that I have is for the glory of God. If it's for any other thing, it's in vain. Matter of fact, Solomon got to this place. He called it all vanity. The richest Wisest man in the world got everything you can imagine. Looked at all he has amassed and said, it's vanity. Matter of fact, he used strong words that I can't use here in the sanctuary, but he said it's dung. It's poop. It's feces. I know some big words too. It's feces. It's that poop excrement. That's another one I was coming down. And he says, it's all poop. I got all, look at this. The gold stuff is just vanity. Why? Because of the glory of God wasn't there. The presence of the Lord, he couldn't feel no more. He says, all of this stuff don't mean nothing. 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 Because I don't have the presence. It's vanity. What's the point of having a big house? To gain the whole world in the end just to lose your... Don't mean nothing. And he says... Play softly, sir. Then they ask him, what and how? And he answered, I've told you already, and you did not listen. I'm going to tell you the same testimony again. You didn't get it the first time. Why should I tell you a second time? There it is. Why do you want to hear it again? There's the why. Why do you want to hear it? Do, do you want to get the glory? You want to give the glory to him? Or are you just trying to prove something? There's the why. Uh, why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Here's the why. The why that this has happened is so that I can introduce him to you. Here's the why is that you can see what he done in my life and you would hope he'll come and do it in your life too. Do you want to be his disciples too? Then they hurled insults at him. He says, you are this fellow's disciple, and we are disciples of Moses. Religious relic. We somebody else. You're trying to tell us about him, but we, we serving somebody else. We know that God spoke to Moses. 
But as for this fellow, speaking of Jesus, we don't even know where he comes from. (laughs) The man answered, and now it is remarkable, you don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. (laughs) Uh, Give me verse 31. Amen. And I lost it again. Verse 31. Go back to 31. Keep going. I don't know why this will keep going out. Go back and back and back and back and back. Verse 31. That's 34. I need 31. There it is. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. We listen to those who does his will. If this man, I got it from here, I think. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. This can't happen because it never happened before. It breaks the policy and the record because it never happened before. This had never been done, so it shouldn't be done. But God loves you so much that he'll break the rules. God loves you so much that he'll break the policies and the laws that God will come against even the written law. Why? Because he is the law fulfiller. This has never happened before. If this man were not of God, he couldn't do nothing. To this they replied, and I'm done. He said, to this they replied, uh, you are steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? You think you know more than us. I got a degree in ministry theology and got a doctorate in this and that. You think you know more than us. And they threw him out. Why? Watch. Because he had a testimony. Because he had a testimony. They threw him out because he can testify of the goodness of God. I want to submit to you today that God is waiting for you to testify. And by you giving your life to Christ is a testimony of his goodness. Your test testifies of the glory of God. So if you would bow your heads all over this place. Today, for those of you who accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it's a testimony of how good God is. Because you should have died in your sin. But the testimony of God is he allowed you to live long enough for this moment. (laughs) He allowed you to live for this moment. That car should have took you out when it ran into you. That last hit of the dope that was laced with some unknown substance should have took you out, but you're still here. Your liver is already jacked up in cirrhosis of the liver, and that last drink, that one one more drink could have taken you out. The last person you slept with had AIDS. But the record came back favorable on your behalf. God... God, so mercy and so gracious that he allowed you to live for this moment so you could testify that he's a good God 
And he loves me enough, even in spite of myself, in spite of the sin that I'm currently in. God loves me so that he can introduce himself to me. I'm going to pray after which I'm going to ask you to make a decision. I don't care, young, old. I don't care how long you've been in church, your position or your title. If you know that you need to be forgiven of some things, this is your moment. If you know you need to get some things right with the Lord, I'm not talking about an escapee from prison. I'm not talking about a parolee. I'm not talking about somebody who's pardoned, but somebody who knows that they need to be exonerated. Because the guilt of your past is holding you in your head. You're locked up. Maybe not physically, but mentally. And today, he wants to set you free. Father, now in the name of Jesus. Father, for every escapee, parolee, important person in this place, we present the plan of God. The plan is, is that they would accept your will for their lives. That you will wash away the sin and even the record thereof. Father, you loved us while we were yet sinners. So, Father, with that same love poured out in this place today, and let those who have fallen away, let them fall in love with you even the greater today. The backslider is coming home today. For those who have strayed away are coming home today. Those who knew not you, Father, will know you on today. Father, we thank you. And you have declared by your word, O oh God, that none come lest the Spirit of God draw the Holy Spirit. Begin to draw now from the front, the back, the north, the south, God. Draw them, God, even from beyond this building. That the glory of the Lord fill this temple. That even passing cars, God, will be unctioned to pull in to receive what you have for them today. Let this glory, Lord God, be carried beyond this moment. Through every earthen vessel that is in this place at the sound of my voice. Let them, O oh God, be a conduit for your goodness and for your goodness and your mercy and your grace. That many will come running asking, what must I do to be saved? And they will tug on their coattails and they will receive of you on this day. In Jesus' mighty name, if that's you on today. Backslider, he's calling you back home today. If that's you today, you need to make a decision. If that's you, lift your hand in the air. Had not accepted Jesus Christ in the pardon of your sins, and you want to make that decision today, lift your hand in there. Made some mistakes, some decisions, some things you have done. Today, you want to get it right with the Father. Lift your hand in the air. Father, we thank you. God, we give you the glory. Renewing your relationship with the Father. You know the things you've done have strained that relationship. You want to get it right today? We want to pray with you. Lift your hand in there. Some things in your heart that need to be loosed today. Lift your hand. We want to pray with you. Standing in need of prayer, you got some things you need the Father to do. Our intercessors are here today to pray with you. If that's you today, would you come? Would you come? Father, we thank you and we bless you. God, we thank you and we bless you. Will there be any others today? Any others today? Today I want to get it right with you, Lord. Any others? Any others? Thank you, Lord. God, we give you glory. God, we give you praise. And God, we give you the honor in Jesus' name. I make one last appeal to you today. If you're here for the first, second, or even third time, you don't have a church home, or maybe you've been coming and it's your first time, and and, and the Spirit of the Lord talked to you today to be a part of what God is doing here. Need a church home. If that's you today. 
Would you lift your hand in the air? If that's you, thank you, Father. We bless you. God, we thank you. God, we give you the glory. We give you the honor. Saints, you ought to be praying. If that's you and you need to make a decision to be a part, would you lift your hand? In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise if you would all over the place. <coughs> come on, come on. Standing. Just help me sing. I surrender all to you. Everything I give to you. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this moment that we have. We thank you for visiting this, this place. Father, we thank you for touching each and every person. And Father, as we close out in prayer today, and as we depart, never departing from your presence, God, we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. It's in Jesus' mighty name, we do pray. Somebody shout amen, amen. and amen. For the first time, second time, guess I would love to shake your hand, meet you, and greet you in the foyer. God bless you on today. Amen. Oh, hey, buddy. Hey, buddy.